join me in a word of prayer as we begin. God, we thank you that we are invited to abide in your love. And Lord, as we are invited to abide in your love, I pray that we may rest in that. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, I have a sermon, but I'm also prepared to throw it out the window if we, if we need to, so we'll, we'll see where this goes. Um, so today, the plan had been that I, I, as I was thinking about today and I was thinking about our scriptures, um, there are kind of two important things happening today in our common life that we hold together that are, I think our scriptures speak into it, looking in particular at this John chapter 15, I am the vine in abiding. Uh, first is the celebration of our high school graduates. We have five uh, high school seniors connected to our church who are graduating. A couple of them are here today. And I have some words for them, but these words aren't just for them. These words are for those of you who may know a graduate. Actually, someone at the eight o'clock service had said that they have a graduate in their family and something in the scripture today sparked something that they wanted to share with them. So, um, and also I wanted to make a tie into our scripture about the recognition of the role of mothers in our lives. Um, if, like me, you do not fall into either of those categories, I still think the Lord has something for us to hear. If we're willing to listen to his spirit and just open our hearts and see what he might say. I think the truth of our gospel text, right? This is the last of the I am statements. Jesus says, I am the vine. The truth of our gospel text today is that the source and sustaining power of our lives is found in Jesus alone. Mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, graduates, and everyone in between are all branches that God intends to bear fruit through. He intends us to be connected to him. That's how we were designed. So I hope we can rest in the truth that God has made us dependent upon him and one another by design. That's part of God's plan for us. And that our lives were created for connection to God, to our fellow image bearers. And when we embrace that, right, when, we're, when we abide in him in that way, the fruit of God is apparent in our life. So first, our graduates. Graduates, I think you know this, and you've probably had people telling you this for months and months and months, but you're on the cusp of an important societal marker in which you're kind of launched out into the world, right? I know I'm looking around the room and I'm knowing, I'm speaking not just to graduates, but there are many of you who will be in those shoes in a couple of years, right? You're probably already thinking you've maybe been doing the college visits or the what's next kind of a thing, right? But if we listen to the words of Jesus in, in our gospel passage, I think you'll see that God never intended for you to figure that out by yourself, right? Jesus is the vine. You are the branch. Your life comes from being connected to him. Graduates, if you can hear me say anything that you can hold on to, it's that embrace that, right? Stay connected to Jesus. Whatever journey that your next season of life takes you on, 
It may be college. It may be a career. It may be a gap year. It may be a I don't know and an I don't know is totally okay because God knows and God will be with you in the midst of all of that. So I want to think about what Jesus is saying. I think when we hear Jesus say, I am the vine, that kind of maybe strikes us as maybe like a, a new and a novel image, right? We don't, unless you have a garden or have a farm or involved in agriculture, or maybe you're really into wine, you're probably not thinking about vines a lot, right? For many of us, we, we're a little bit removed from that kind of agricultural feel. But here's what's interesting. This wasn't just Jesus's idea that he made up. Actually, this idea of a vine and connection to God is all throughout the Old Testament. All throughout the Old Testament, God speaks of Israel as a vine that he is planting in the world to bless others. And so if you'll follow this way of thinking, right, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment, if you will, of this idea that God would send a people to be a blessing to others. What's really interesting as I was studying this passage was that actually in the temple of Jesus's day, they actually had a physical vine that they were created. It flowed all over the piece. One of the things that some people would do to bring an offering to God is they would actually bring grape leaves or vines or even grape clusters that were made out of gold as an offering to God. And they adorned this, the, the temple in this kind of way. And so to be connected to God, right, is to be connected to the vine. I want to say this in another way, though, that I hope we can hear. We were always made to be connected to God. We were always made to bear fruit in our lives that reflects God's love and character. Right? Some of you may, that may be something you need to wrestle with a little bit. That God made you to bear fruit because of his love for you. I think there's a temptation, right, for our graduates to say that they've got to figure it out themselves. And don't be fooled, right? That's not just a temptation for 18-year-olds, right? I think the reality is a lot of us wrestle with, who am I going to be when I grow up, right? We're all asking that question, or what does my life look like? And what I want to remind us of is that in order to answer that question, we must not stray too far from God, that we need to stay connected to the vine. How do we stay connected to the vine? Through prayer, through the reading of scripture, through fellowship in church and with other believers, right? Through baptism, through holy communion. These are ways we stay connected to God and his people. And like how a vine transfers soil nutrients to its branches that are far away from the ground, so God's life flows through Jesus into us. Branches that don't bear fruit get pruned or removed. I think one of the continual challenges of following Jesus is pruning things in our lives that may get in the way of that connection, right? I think all of us, right, we want this isn't just a question for graduates. We all want to live lives that have significance. I know in my time doing youth ministry, not only here, but in my previous church, one of the, one of the questions and conversations I would have with seniors and those who are getting ready to graduate and maybe beyond is this question of like, how do I know God's will for my life, right? How do I know if I'm supposed to go to X college? Or how do I know if I'm supposed to take on Y career or internship? 
I don't know those things for you, but Jesus knows those things. And what I want us to hear is that being connected to Jesus, being connected to the vine, faithfulness to God in the small things is what helps us get greater context to know what it is to follow God's will right? You may be able to go to a multitude of colleges that you may flourish in, but can, being connected to the God is God in the midst of all of that is really what God's will is all about. So I want to jump over and consider our Acts passage. I actually think our Acts passage, looking at what Paul, how Paul interacts in the city of Athens, is a really interesting illustration of how we might be connected to the vine and live that out, right? Paul is in Athens. Now, the Romans were in charge, but Athens is still a great cultural hub of the day, right? There's a lot of learning, right? You, you have people in Athens just kind of out in the streets considering different ideas. They think Paul is interesting because he's talking about a bunch of things they never heard about, right? This idea of Jesus as the son of God, as resurrected from the dead and all of that. So much so, right, that they invite Paul to speak in the Areopagus, in this place of prestige, um, but did you catch how Luke describes Athens? The very beginning, he talks about how Athens is a city full of idols, right? Worship of false gods, right? Idols are just simply those things that might disrupt our ability to abide. But here's where I want us to pay attention to Paul. How does Paul interact with this like flagrant display of opposition to God? He doesn't run away. He doesn't wage war with those around him. He stays connected to the vine. He stays connected to Jesus in the midst of a culture around him that has different ideas about how the world works. In fact, because Paul is connected to Jesus, he does not need to fear these idols because he knows the truth about God as it's revealed in Jesus He's able to see these false idols for what they are. They're lies, um, and they're a desire, for, a misplaced desire for ultimately a connection to God. So what does Paul do instead? He uses the half-truths of these idols in a way that actually invites the Athenians who are searching to God to connect for God. Did you catch that? Paul knows their poets. Paul quotes their poets in engaging with them, right? He's not so removed from their society. For Paul, this is an invitation for the men and women of Athens to connect to the vine and abide in the truth of Jesus. The fruit of the gospel in his life is turning towards others and helping them connect with God. They see Paul's connection to Jesus, right? And it becomes infectious, I think the stunning truth of the gospel of Jesus, the true vine, is that he desires to be connected to us even when we are chasing after idols. That's something that really floored me this week, that even as we chase after those idols, right, as we run away from God, he still desires to bring us back in, to prune us, to help us to bear fruit that's consistent with his character. We don't get to decide what fruitfulness looks like in our lives, right? Instead, the invitation is to faithfulness, 
right? To being with Jesus, to abiding in him, to slowly but surely hearing his word, to taking on his character in the world, right? And that comes from this place of trust that God will work it out. We don't know how, but we trust in the strength of his love and the transforming power of his spirit. I think what also should be said as we think about this passage is that it always happens in the context of community, right? You don't see Jesus as the vine in one individual branch, right? But there are the branches, all the branches, the collective people of God. And so this leads me to the encouragement that I would have us this morning for our mothers. Um, I know that Mother's Day can be full of many complicated emotions. Yes, there can be happiness and joy, but there can also be sorrow, right? There can be a sense of loss, maybe regret, maybe pain, maybe even indifference. Our mothers aren't perfect. But I want to remind us that there is a deep Christian tradition that speaks highly of motherhood. In fact, there's a famous quote from the third century bishop Cyprian who says this, no one can have God as father who does not have the church as mother. So on this Mother's Day, I want to celebrate those who have nurtured us, who have helped us abide in Jesus. That might be your natural mother or it might be a spiritual mother in your life, right? The life-giving role of mothers is not just physical, but it's spiritual, to be connected to Jesus means to be connected to the church. And I think mothers exemplify that well at their best. I'm seeing this firsthand, right? Mothers are responsible for helping to give life. And what does Jesus say about himself, right? He is the true vine who helps give life to the world. But we need to stay connected to it. So at the end of John 15, Jesus promises us that there is joy in being connected with him. That connection is more than just believing right things, but that's important too, right? But it's living an abundant life that bears fruit, that bears the sign of connection. And so I think as we go into the world, we need to remember to forsake idols and selfishness so that we can stay attached to the vine all the while thanking God for those who have nurtured us in his ways. We come to the table, right, to Holy Communion, to remember that we are connected to the vine, to abide in the life source of Jesus. We repent and we can reconnect with the one who gives us true life. The fruit in our life, it happens because the vine is true and the gardener is good. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.